Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's the World Economic Forum, a friendly gathering in Davos, Switzerland, where all the best of the best, the elites of the elites, the experts of the experts get together and figure out how to slowly ruin our lives. Oh, there's also cake. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. I should really go one year. I know, we get some sponsorship. You got to take a private plane. Oh, if you don't have a private plane to get to Davos, it's like you're not even there. It's like you're not even there. And then we could uh, be a part of it. A lot already being said in the opening hours of this event. This event where they really do broach some quite radical ideas and do believe in this idea that somehow nations should not be nations, but yet what we should really have is a level of of one global government, which you can rest assured is something that I oppose. Klaus Schwab is the guy who put this together in 1971. As people often note, you could not get a better Bond villain from central casting than you could from Klaus Schwab. Let me go through a series of things already being said. I don't think I've caught everything here. A lot of members of Congress, like Congressman Seth Moulton, out of Massachusetts, talking about Representative George Santos. I don't know if that's playing. I, oh, I, I forgot to put up my web. I apologize. Right there. Okay, now now I got it there. There it is. Congressman Santos is a, a hopefully extreme case. Hopefully. Um, this, uh, per, I hope you don't know anything about him, but he's elected. <laughs> no, it had a lot of laughs, so it's, yeah. Probably do. Um, right. And, uh, and, and, and look, he actually presents a real danger to our Congress, to our, not just to our reputation, but to our national security. If um, if the speaker gives him access to committee information, he, he, if he sits on the Armed Services Committee and gets classified briefings, that he could turn around and sell to Brazil because Brazil wants to extradite him. I mean, mm. this is a real this is a real real threat who we, that we now have sitting in um, Congress, and he's not being expelled because he voted for McCarthy. Now you don't know whether or not he's going to be expelled. Uh, Congressman Moulton. Also, we should note that this um, panel right here uh, being um, hosted or being moderated by Brian Stelter. Please clap. I mean, that's just precious. George Santos is the guy out of New York, Republican, who lied about everything. He lied about his religion. He lied about money. He lied about uh, his his education. I mean, I don't think there's anything he hasn't lied about. He lied. Of this, there's not a conversation. But if Representative Moulton is concerned about the safety and security of the United States, why was he silent for two years regarding Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff? More than two years. Adam Schiff, who flat out lied regarding the Russian investigation 
into Donald Trump. Russia, Russia, Russia. Lied about information he had. Lied about uh, saying that there were connections. Representative Eric Swalwell, who was involved with a Chinese spy, a communist spy. If we're worried about being compromised, these would have been things to be worried about. And I don't mind him saying he's worried about George Santos because he's a liar. I I think that's a rational position. It's not rational if you are not bothered by these other things. Now, I don't know the the conversation uh, in any level of depth to his bringing up uh, of Brazil. But if we also look at lying as the problem, we have to take a look at Senator Elizabeth Warren who lied about being Native American for financial and social profitability and and advancement. And we have to take a look at Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, who lied about serving in Vietnam. Because lying is wrong. And lying is duplicitous. And why would we trust somebody in these sensitive positions who lies? I am not arguing with Representative Moulton about being opposed to liars, people who embellish the record to this degree, I am asking why there isn't a thread that goes through the totality of his thinking to all of these things. Partisanship is indeed an issue. You want to get rid of liars? I'm down with it. We can get rid of George Santos but we're getting rid of Warren and Blumenthal as well. And not only should we have dropped Eric Swalwell from his committee, we should expel Eric Swalwell as well. This is just one of the many things coming up in Davos or being brought up in Davos. Oh, I've got more. Don't you worry. I have got more, like going back to Representative Moulton, misinformation, which you're going to hear a lot about. Misinformation. That's the issue. I'm very careful about that. But haven't we seen many Democrats in the last six years pressuring Facebook and Twitter and now TikTok uh, to be stronger in content moderation? Uh, hasn't that been a wave that we've seen crash over for years now? Well, I think this is the question of, you know, I mean, ultimately what we're trying to, to achieve there is some measure of public safety. Right. Um, we we're not. Uh, I mean, sure, there are some politicians who are going to go out and just get angry at Facebook if they see things that are mean. Um, I'm quite used to uh, reading mean things about me <laughs> on the Internet. It's just <laughs> for a while when I started, I used to screenshot them. So I've just sort of get comfortable with the most heinous things people oh. would say. Um, so as to sort of uh, inoculate myself to the to the issue. Um, that's a reality for being in, in public life today. Uh, it's very much more in your face than it was 30, 50, 100 years ago, but I think it's mm-hmm. always been a, uh, been a reality. The difference is when, you know, I have a constituency that I'm trying to keep healthy and I can't get them to take a COVID vaccine because of misinformation that's propagated <clears throat> on the Internet. And, and that's where this becomes a much uh, tougher, more difficult, but also just a bigger concern. What an odd take. The misinformation prevents me from being able to get my constituents to do what I want them to do. 
What if they disagree with you? We are hearing a lot about vaccines and a lot about what the vaccines are doing to people's health. I have never been anti-vaccine. I won't lie to you about that. You got vaccinated. You didn't get vaccinated. Dude, live your life. But we should be clear that there were a lot of lies told about vaccines, including if you got vaccinated, you wouldn't spread the, the uh, you wouldn't spread COVID. But of course you could spread COVID if you're vaccinated. If you don't get vaccinated, you're going to kill my Mima. No, that was never, ever, ever going to be the case. Vaccinated people spread it. Unvaccinated people spread it. You have to wear a mask. I'm healthy. I don't have to wear a mask. Masks, as worn by the American populace in the vast majority of cases, are ineffective. A mask with a three millimeter gap reduces its efficacy to 3%. That's ineffective. But we have seen what masks have done to an entire generation of younger people regarding their education. And we've seen what lockdowns have done as well. Misinformation. You mean information you don't like. And this is brought up and discussed as a big, important topic at Davos. Maybe we now understand why I wasn't invited. Because I'm having a very different take on the subject. A rational take at that. And then there was Senator Manchin, Joe Manchin, discussing one of the big topics, Ukraine. The commitment that we have is, is unending. We're going to stay with Ukraine until they are victorious. I think that's not only for Ukraine, but for the entire world. It's important, especially the EU. Uh, so we're very much committed to that. And uh, the energy it's going to take, basically, uh, the uh, Putin, usually weapon, he weaponized energy. So with Putin weaponizing energy, the United States has to step to the plate. And we have to backfill with LNG and all different things we can to help our allies. That was the whole purpose of the IRA bill. LNG, liquefied natural gas. That's what, what LNG is. Our commitment to Ukraine is unending. Well, I don't know if that's true. The standard approach in terms of foreign policy would be that the money spent to disrupt Vladimir Putin is money well spent. It doesn't cost uh, American lives. It only costs some money. I'm not saying just some money. It's, it's, it's billions. But that is a far better situation than if we had to put boots on the ground. Keeping Vladimir Putin focused here, confused here, embattled here, does us better than if he were able to utilize his time and his treasure engaged in cyber attacks or in other issues uh, dealing with with maybe economic issues. And I understand rationally that that take. I don't think that take is the end of the world. I don't even think that take is wrong. But there's something to be said for the money being spent and people asking exactly how much money is this going to take? How much are we going to spend here? When does it stop? That's a legitimate question. The commitment we have is unending is not where Americans are at. 
I think that when the invasion started, Americans said, let's go help these people. And then Ukraine said, we need a no-fly zone. We said, whoa, we're not going to go patrol a no-fly zone. You have to patrol a no-fly zone. We patrol a no-fly zone. Then some Russian MiG decides to engage with one of our fighter pilots. And the next thing you know, we are in a war. No thank you. That's not going to happen. We're not going to have any part of this whatsoever. And that's when things started. Well, people started getting much more vocal on it. Do we, do we support this? How long are we going to support this? What are we doing here? And then um, Vladimir Zelensky, I think, made a series of missteps in his reaching out to the globe for more help because it was less about fighting and more about celebrity and became a thing about guilt. And then he and his wife did that photo uh, shoot with Annie Leibovitz, and you're like, good Lord. What, is, what are we doing here? When the invasion started and he didn't leave, he put on the khakis and said, let's fight. It was impressive. You can't deny it was impressive. He had every ability to go hide out somewhere. He had every ability to lead his country from afar. Every door was open to him, and he didn't do it. And he did not do it. He stayed. We're not going to respect that? I think we should respect that. I think it's important to respect that. And then he started... uh, discussing things in terms of the Holocaust and discussing things in terms of trying to to uh, bring about guilt to, to get more dollars. And, well, then it kind of fell apart because it came more about his celebrity than it did about the situation at hand. I do not believe that our commitment is unending. I don't think it's ending today. But it very well may end sooner than we know. That's just some of what's going on in Davos. Oh, I've got more. I have got more about the future they have planned for you. And uh, uh, being an expert on this, uh, I'm not really, but let's say that I am. Uh, I'm here to tell you uh, that the future they have planned for you sucks. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Follow me down, out of this town. The Dow is down 358, the NASDAQ up 12. People at CNBC say the problem is Goldman Sachs. They're down over a point, bringing everything else down with it. Actually, I should say the Dow is down a point. Goldman's down about 7%. Their worst earnings miss in a decade for the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, crypto is uh, making a a bit of a comeback. Uh, Bitcoin has picked up all the losses from the FTX debacle. I, I'm, I'm, I don't have enough Bitcoin to count. I am, not, I am not a Bitcoin millionaire, no matter what they say about me. If I was a Bitcoin millionaire... I mean, there comes, there comes a number. What number and you stop working? 
Like, what number would I stop talking altogether? I do six hours of radio a day, and then I do uh, a, a cigar and bourbon radio show called Eat, Drink, Smoke. If you've never heard it, you should. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Cigars, bourbon, food trends. It's fantastic. At what moment would I just stop? Well, the correct answer is I would never stop the cigar and bourbon show because that's just, you know, it's cigars and bourbon. I don't know why I would stop such a thing. That sounds, that sounds ridiculous. That sounds just downright silly. Well, there's a number. There's a number for everybody where they're like, yeah, I'm done working. I'm done. I'm finished. Thank you, Cleveland. Good night. I am not a Bitcoin millionaire because that number could possibly have already been attained and not yet. If I was a Bitcoin millionaire, would I take a look at the new Chevy Corvette E-Ray? It is their hybrid Corvette. Starts at $104,000. It'll be the quickest production version ever of the, the 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 Corvette. They're working on an all-electric version, which makes me super sad. Because, I, I don't know, will it make the same noise? Doesn't sound matter? Like, if you got a Corvette, don't you want it to have that, don't you want it to have that feel? The E-Ray will go 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds. That's Fast. Quarter mile in ten and a half seconds, which uh, pretty much matches up with uh, the Corvette Z06. I will admit the Corvette's beautiful. The Corvette exterior is beautiful. I don't know how I feel about the Corvette interior. I'm not so sure. I think I need to sit in one for an extended period of time, for like two years, and then maybe I could... Maybe I could figure it out. I don't know. I, I could be a Corvette guy. That, but I also say that about Porsche. And then I'm like, no, what I want is like a, a 66 Lincoln Continental with suicide doors. That's convert, convertible. What am I, an animal? 76 Eldorado? I mean, something that gets like, you know, seven gallons to the mile. Just eats gas. I want environmentalists to see that car and immediately pass out and need some kind of medical care. That's that kind of, of, of vehicle. That's, that's what I want. That's, that's it. And those things don't cost $104,000. I'm not getting a show car. I mean, let's not be crazy. I'm not. Because I, I, I can't keep up. It's, it's like the people who collect guns. Bless them. I'm a Second Amendment guy. I am not a gun guy. Um, I have I have a firearm, and I'm good. I didn't know I needed another one. I mean, I've got, like, one of this, one of that, one of the other. But there are people who have, like, nine of this, nine of that, nine of the other. I'm like, you live your life. I'm not here to judge. I, I just, I, I look at them like, I don't get it. It's like um, Jay Leno with all the cars. I can get you want it. You 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 think of those works of art. They're fun. You want a couple of cool things. You've got the money. When you're getting into the couple of hundreds, I'm I'm I get a little lost because I just don't know. I don't know if I want to do all that work. There comes a moment where the collection controls you. Then again, if I was a the Bitcoin millionaire that I should clearly be, I could have people who do those things. Huh? Maybe I'm looking at this all wrong. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Show me 
So Walgreens has ended its limits to purchasing children's medications. And you're like, what what limits? As CNN reports it, it's not where I found the story, but it came from, there was CNN reporting. Um, Walgreens recently removed its online purchasing limits for children's pain and fever-reducing medicines. They only had the limits online. They didn't have limits on the stores. And they're saying it's because of massive demand. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the number. Feel free to be a part of the show. You have kids who get colds. You have kids who can get COVID. Kids who have been dealing with RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, which has had a a massive resurgence. But as I speak to doctors, I do reach out to doctors, the biggest problem they're telling us about is not, oh my gosh, everybody has COVID and the hospitals are are full, is is not uh, that um, they they have all these uh, RSV cases and the hospitals are full. There is a medication problem There are a lot of medications that through COVID, uh, hospitals no longer had uh, basic things that they would utilize to to care for patients. How do you expect to provide care? No, what they will discuss is the biggest problem is the lack of nurses. The lack of nurses is the issue. The lack of quality nurses qualified nurses to be able to then train other nurses. And what this leads to is doctors doing the work that nurses usually do. And this leads to doctors not being able to get to enough patients. It leads to things falling through the cracks when you don't have qualified nurses who are able to say, nope, can't take that medication because of this, this, and this. No, 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 we don't want to grab it from there. We want to get the equipment from over there because of X, Y, and Z. Part of this, of course, has to do with the fact that we said that nurses were heroes when COVID began, and a year later, you told them you have to get vaccinated, otherwise you're a villain. So whatever shortages we had got exacerbated. And then the treatment of nurses, people said, forget this. And then you created a situation by which you needed nurses, so you started paying traveling nurses incredible amounts of money. And you can't blame a nurse who who wanted to travel. You're not going to hear me blame them. Huge amounts of money. And so you had even less in places maybe where you needed them more, but there was not enough dollars there for the stability and there weren't enough nurses uh, at, at all. This is a national security issue. This is an issue that's going to have to be addressed by the country. 
And if we want to address part of it, allow me. Anybody who promotes, well, we have a great gender studies program, is doing America a disservice. You cannot point to me in any great measure the amount of gender studies uh, degrees that are out there that have actually made America better, that have saved lives, that keep us on the right track. Nurses, uh, them you can. So parents clearly were going to Walgreens and getting all the medications they could for their kids, and so that's why they limited the numbers that can be purchased online. That is no longer the case. Just a reminder also that we need to do more manufacturing of drugs right here in the United States. We design in the U.S. Oh, we could build a good drug. We can build some world-class drugs in the United States. We are just, just terrific at it. I meant, I meant, I meant medicinal uh, drugs, Stewie. I didn't, I didn't mean, I didn't mean weed. Well, we can do that too. We can do that too. We need to build the drugs. We need to manufacture the drugs in the U.S. More of that has to come back to the states. We move it over to San Francisco, where they have a reparations panel, and they've decided uh, that they should pay. The San Francisco African-American Reparations Advisory Committee has put forth a plan to city leaders. This as reported by the San Francisco Chronicle. Now, there are cities that have been discussing the idea of paying reparations. If you ask me to get worked up by this idea, you're nuts. I'm not going to get worked up by it at all or in any way why 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 would i it would it would uh it would be a foolhardy thing for me to do people who talk about reparations are more than welcome to people who want to engage the conversation are more than welcome to uh the conversation uh ostensibly is about here's the united states the united states was a nation that had slavery now you're going to pick a number and pay people back there's no number that works. There is no number that works. What is the number that makes up for enslaving another human being? I, I don't know what it is. Some people want to take a look at economic output for the first hundred years of the country and extrapolate it out and then divide it. Knock yourselves out. I mean, there, there are questions. Um... Are we talking about to people who are black? Or are we talking about people who can actually trace themselves back to slaves? That's that's question number one. Number two, the question that I've always asked first, to which no one has ever given me an answer. How? Remember, I have no dog in the fight. How do you get future generations of black Americans to accept the fact that the generation before them and the generation two generations before them got paid and they didn't. I I swear to you, I don't know how you do it. How do you get them to accept the deal? 
oh yeah, uh, the the nation paid reparations and and we got X. Well, what do we get? No, 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 we got it. Yeah, yeah, but what do we get? Oh, well, you should have been born earlier. I I don't know how that's going to work. But what cities out there have proposed is this idea that the city, the municipality, I haven't seen it on a statewide level, I've seen it on a city level, will pay our residents. We will pay our residents reparations. The AARAC created in December of 2020 uh, by the city's board of supervisors is submitting its final final proposal to the mayor, London Breed, the board, and the San Francisco Human Rights Commission. They'll get, that'll get submitted in, in uh, June. Now, this is California. And I know what you're saying, uh, Tony. California was not a state until after uh, the, the, the Civil War. Well, that's absolutely correct. Instead, they're going to say the reparations are not for slavery. Instead, uh, the payments and debt forgiveness would, quote, address the public policies explicitly created to subjugate black people in San Francisco by upholding and expanding the intent and legacy of chattel slavery. Not having an expertise in San Francisco law, I'm going to leave that one be. The suggested payment, $5 million. Oh, no, 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 not total. Lump sum to each eligible individual. What? What? Why? Why are you, uh, why, why do you think, why are you yelling at me? Why are you getting tough with me? I'm telling you, I have no dog in the fight. Let them go about doing what they do. I don't know how you take a look at people today who have not had slaves and say you have to pay up. I don't know how that works. But I refuse to get worked up by this entire insanity. Five million? Why not ten? I don't know how they come to their numbers. But, you know, they're... uh, I guess this is just, you know, how the woke works. I'll keep an eye on it. I'll let you know what they do. Wish them the best. Uh, Also, could I suggest not moving to San Francisco? I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. So back to Davos, where they're having the World Economic Forum and, of course, working hard to figure out how to save us from ourselves. And uh, the the great mind that is Brian Stelter, who is hosting one of the panels, has questions. I'll, I'll tell you a, a brief, funny 
Maybe not funny story. So I leave CNN, and there's a crazy website that posts an article saying I was arrested by military police. And then I have a fact-checking email, and I don't know whether to reply to the fact-checker and bother with this, right? Same website a month later says I've been executed at Guantanamo Bay. (laughs) So the fact-checker emails me again. And I say, well, do you want to take my pulse? How do I disprove that I wasn't executed? And so to me, that that is amusing and ridiculous. Nobody misses him. I just want to say for the record, no one misses him. And also, he did not leave CNN. He lost his job. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the, the number. You know, Davos is a place where people who don't have to live in the real world believe they should be able to better regulate how you live in the real world. Like, for example, when on the big stage they talk about trade. Well, I think that we've seen it over the last years. What happens if trade is being made difficult? Look at the amount of instability in the world it has led. I mean, during COVID, we had moments where the trade lanes were less, uh, less open, and it's led to all types of problems. Supply chains were disorganized, and, and, and the, all the Western world was impacted, but especially the developing world, the impact was a, was a gigantic one. So free trade is an element about prosperity, but it's also about security because the gigantic instability in the world today, one of the reasons is that trade is being, being, made, uh, being made difficult. Now, we can argue that that's rational. Trade matters. And when trade is disrupted, uh, it makes things difficult and it's certainly harder to engage a freer society when you don't have trade. Trade is very, very helpful. But then this trade agenda, it's about stabilizing the world, but it's also about decarbonizing the world. And there, honestly, I think the world can only be happy with the fact that the United States has moved to the right side of the table. And we've been waiting for that. So you can now rest assured that the people that we have in office are the wrong people. It's about decarbonizing. You mean we shouldn't be able to use cars. If you want to talk about trade, the good has to get from point A to point B somehow. How do they suggest the good get from point A to point B? Decarbonizing is not code, is statement for you get to move around less. It's Representative Moulton, who on the conversation of disinformation says, well, the Europeans, that's the model. A complicated term, and and there's so much between um, a clear, verifiable fact and a clear, verifiable uh, verifiable lie. There's so much in between. Uh, And so uh, that's why you're saying the rules have to be set up in a way not to be abused. Yes. Uh, Congressman, should we learn in the U.S. something from the structures that the Europeans have adopted? Well, look, I think in general the U.S. has a lot to learn in terms of um, data regulation, internet regulation. I mean, you're you're way ahead of us in that regard. But we've 
believe very far, strongly in, in free speech. Mm -hmm. um, I believe very strongly in, in free speech. And I think there is a healthy concern in the United States um, that the EU might be, be going a little too far. So, so I, mean, I, I think you look at this from both perspectives. Yes, they're ahead of us, um, and they're doing some smart things that um, I know when I use the Internet in, in Europe uh, and I get all the warnings about cookies and whatnot, that actually makes me feel safer. That makes me feel better. And a lot of American consumers want that level of security mm. on the Internet for your own data privacy and whatnot. Um, but we also have uh, a healthy concern that, that you know, we're not going to be we're not going to be censored. And so which one is it? Do you want to be censored or not want to be censored? Because free speech in the United States is a far different conversation than free speech in Europe where they don't actually believe in free speech. And what you're talking about, about security online with, let's say, the utilization of your information is a much different conversation than a free speech conversation. And it would seem to me that Representative Moulton of Massachusetts here doesn't actually have the data in front of him. He doesn't understand the subject. But anytime you hear somebody say, well, the Europeans really do this right, you understand Europe doesn't believe in free speech at all. They aren't us. For as much as we are aligned in a whole series of things, in the end, they're not us. They have a different view. And for, for, for my money, a view I'm not interested in. They have a view that doesn't lead to a more prosperous society. It leads to a more controlled society. That's the, that's the reality. Meanwhile, the press corps is not happy with Biden and the team. The lies, the drip, drip, drip of the classified emails. Leland Vitter, News Nation Now. He joins us to break it down. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.